If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 will be there in just a few minutes. I want to thank Jay for giving the update on my brother. And also on behalf of our family, I just want to say how much we love you. And thank you so much for your thoughts and prayers this week. It's been a long week, but we have felt the hand of God at work through my brother, through doctors and nurses that we have never met before, but you get to know them really fast, really quick, and uh, they have been wonderful. Um, in addition to what Jay just announced, I'll also give you this. Um, when you're in the hospital, you learn that gowns, that different colors of gowns mean different things. Jay was graduated to a green gown yesterday, which means that he could walk around on his own without help. And so uh, we praise God for that yesterday, and uh, praise God for that green gown. I don't know what the other color gowns are going to be, but we look forward to, to seeing that. Uh, but again, thank you so much. And as Jay said, there's been a lot of different rumors and different things of what people have thought and what people have heard some, some said, you know, uh, he had food poisoning at a local restaurant. That is not correct. Um, none of that is true. So what Jay announced is, is the diagnosis. And um, I praise God that my brother is a doctor. And I really praise God that he was a doctor last Saturday night um, because he was able, he knew something wasn't right and was able to do some things that, uh, just average people probably wouldn't know to do, and so um, I praise God for that. God is good all the time. Well, this is a time of year where it's very common for us to sing songs about Christmas. We call them Christmas carols, and so whether you sing Jingle Bells this week or whether you sing Joy to the World or whether you sing Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer, uh, you never know what you're going to end up singing when the grandkids are around, but a lot of, it's very common for uh, us to sing songs during this time of the year. Well, some Christmas songs are secular and they simply reflect the happiness of the season that's going on, but some that we sing are very thematic and they communicate a deep message. And so, if you look back in Scripture during the first century, the Jews who were direct witnesses of Jesus' coming, they would sing songs which were prophetic, either to their participation, either their joyous regarding the experience that they knew was about to come and that they were a part of, and then others sang songs which were just testimonies of the fact that Jesus is coming. And so when you turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, in verse 39 through 45, you run across Elizabeth, who was Mary's aunt, and when she discovered that Jesus was coming, the miraculous baby that was in her womb, John, jumped in her womb and she sang a song. And then as you progress and as you continue to go through Luke chapter 1, when Mary perceived that the baby in her womb was in fact 
the Messiah, she sang a song. We know that song as Magnificat. And then in verses 67 through 80 of Luke 1, when God opened Zechariah's mouth so he could tell his testimony, he too, he sang a song. And so there's something about opening our mouth and being able with our voices, there's something about singing songs of praise to God. And even the Jews realized that and different characters of the Christmas story realized that as they are beginning to realize that God was coming in the flesh and as Cliff read to us this morning from Matthew 1 and John 1 not only did he become not only did he come in the flesh but he came to dwell among us he came to be where we are aren't you glad that God saw fit in his plan to send his son our Savior at just the right time because he knew that we needed that and church I'm here to tell you this morning we still need Jesus we need him more than ever our little children need to know about Jesus. Our little children need to realize that the world that they live in, that this is not just it, that there's more. That God is at work in such a way that he sent Jesus to live among us and, yes, <coughs> to die but hallelujah, what a Savior we have because of that. And I want to read to you this morning some of these songs of praise. And I want to start in Luke chapter 1, beginning in verse 26. And I want you to realize that Mary was a very young girl at this time, a peasant girl, when Gabriel came to her. No one would have paid any attention to her because she wasn't wealthy, she wasn't important, she wasn't somebody, according to what people around her knew, but God knew she wasn't just somebody, she was going to be a very important woman. And so she was this simple peasant girl living in this small village and had she died, probably few people would have noticed except for one thing. And that is this. God chose her. Of all the women in the world at that time, God chose Mary to be the mother of the Savior of the world. And so in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, 
do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You know, one of the things that I love about angels in Scripture, they come at just the right time. They come when God realizes they need to be there. It's not an accident. He sends them to us. And as he sends them to us, do you notice what these angels do? There's no need to be scared of them. They bring comfort. It's like when you're going through a rough time and, and somebody calls or somebody sits down next to you and you look at that person and you know them, there's just that ease in your heart that says, you know what, this is going to be okay because I'm not walking through this alone. Somebody is with me. And do you not realize at this time Mary needed somebody? Mary needed to be comforted. I mean, this was an uncommon thing that was about to take place. She's probably scared to death, not knowing what's going to happen, and then realizing, oh my goodness, I'm going to be the mother of Jesus? I'm going to be the mother of the very one that everybody's expecting to come? I'm the mom. And so an angel comes and says, don't be afraid. And the text continues and says, you will be with child and give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Did you hear that? The power of the Holy Spirit will come and will overshadow you. A lot of times when we're talking about the workings of the Spirit, sometimes we may leave that part out. I think that's one of the most important parts to remember. Because it's God saying to us, hey, you don't matter at this point. It's not about you. It's about my Spirit coming over you. And as that Spirit comes over us and overshadows us, is that not a peaceful feeling? Is that not a feeling of joy and comfort to know that here is God sending His Son in the flesh to be with us, but here's His Spirit that's coming as a guide and as a comfort to overshadow us. What that meant to Mary? Oh, I would love to have that conversation, wouldn't you? But let me ask you this, church. What does it mean to you? What does it mean to you to know that God is working in such a way that He sends His Spirit to you to overshadow you? I want you to think about that thought. I want you to think about that question. And not only what does it mean to you, but what 
are the implications of that in days to come. What a blessing. So the Holy One will be born and will be called the Son of God. And even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she, who was said to be barren, is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. And I want to stop right there for a moment. And so, on the heels of this great announcement, on the heels of realizing what Mary was about to do, God is working in her life in such a way that he says, you know what, Mary, you really have nothing to worry about because I have control of this. And I'm going to send an angel, and it's not the cuddly, cute little angel that we probably think of. It's an angel who comes to minister and to work in ways that we can't even begin to see. Church, I want to tell you, I still believe in angels, and I still believe that there are angels among us. I think they come in many forms. I think angels come in the form of all of us as humans. Believe it or not, you may not be perfect, but you are an angel to somebody. Now, I know you're thinking, well, I'm an angel to my mom because she says that. You're my angel, right? You are an angel to somebody special because I guarantee you, you have ministered to somebody in ways that you could never do on your own, but you do it because of the power of the Holy Spirit that's overshadowing you. And so you are somebody special, not because of what you've done, but because you serve a great God. I mean, you think about it. What did Mary do to deserve this? Nothing. But then, what have you and I deserved to even be called a child of God? Nothing. He chose us, just like he chose Mary. And I love verse 38. Here's Mary's response. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. And then the angel left her. Just to be able to say, I am the Lord's servant, that is huge, isn't it, church? Let's say that together this morning. I am the Lord's servant. Say it again. I am the Lord's servant servant and that was Mary's response now do you think she had a lot of questions and maybe even a lot of comments to give to God oh I'm sure she did and I would still like to know what those are but you know what's really important for us to understand this morning the fact that Mary spoke and said I am the Lord's servant so at that point, it really wasn't up for discussion. Mary just realized, God chose me, and I need to accept that. And I think a lot of times in our life, that's where we struggle. 
we just struggle accepting the fact that God chose us. But may we learn from Mary, the mother of Jesus, to realize our response really needs to be what her response was. I am the Lord's servant. Frederick Buechner, he has a little book out called Peculiar Treasures. And in that little book are character sketches of people from Scripture. And he has this to say about the angel Gabriel as he encounters Mary. She struck him as hardly old enough to have a child at all, let alone his child. But he had been entrusted with a message to give her, and he gave it. And he told her what the child was to be named, who he was to be, and something about the mystery that was to come upon her. And he says, you mustn't be afraid, Mary. And as he said it, he only hoped she wouldn't notice that beneath the great golden wings, he himself was trembling with fear to think that the whole future of creation hung on the answer of a girl. And you know, I'd never really thought about it before, but here's an angel coming to bring words of comfort to Mary, and then as I, as I read this, I thought, you know, that makes sense, that even the angel himself probably had those thoughts. Sure hope this is really going to take place. But what the angel delivered was awesome. What the angel delivered was comforting and was just what Mary needed to hear at the time. And he goes on to say this. He says, the miracle of God's love continues. Jesus came as God's love song to you. And in that song, God is saying, you matter to me. And that's what I want you to hear this morning through this song. The message is you and I matter to God. And we matter to God so much that He saw fit in His plan to give up and to sacrifice His only Son so that we could have life and have it to the full as John says what a difference that life has made and when she is addressed as the favored one that is she's found favor with God I love the connotation here the word for favor is the same for grace and so what Mary begins to realize is Mary is favored in that God has blessed her with his grace. And here's something that I really want us to grasp. Mary is not chosen because she deserves the favor, but she is favored because she has been chosen. And there's a big difference. There's nothing that Mary could have done to deserve it. There's nothing that you and I could do to deserve even being called a child of God. But he rests that favor on us. And he bestows that grace upon us day after day after day. And if you turn the page in verse 46 and following, 
Here's what Mary thought about it. And we're given one of the most beautiful songs of praise in Scripture. And Mary said, my soul glorifies, or some versions will say, my soul magnifies the Lord. And my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. And from now on, generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He's performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even as he has said to our fathers. And Mary stayed with Elizabeth for about three months, and then returned home. That word magnify, it's an interesting word, because when she uses it, what she's saying is that the Lord is getting larger and larger in her understanding. And so since this is a song, I look at it as there's this great crescendo, and crescendo is that musical implication that says, It's beginning to rise. It's beginning to build. And in Mary, God is building. And God is building in such a way that that boy, that Jesus is inside of her. And all she knows to do is to sing and to realize, man, God is getting bigger and bigger. And my understanding of him is getting larger. And folks, when I look at that and I see that example Is that not what you and I need to grasp as well? We need a larger and larger understanding of our Creator. And we need to realize that He needs to get much bigger and we need to get smaller. And only when we realize that will we grasp the awesomeness of God. So what Mary begins to realize is something that we need to understand as well. She discovers that God is a God of grace. And the beautiful thing that we are able to do is this. We are able to understand grace more and more every day two weeks ago my dad and I were blessed and privileged to be able to preach Elmer Elroy's funeral and at that funeral I mentioned the fact that in Elmer's day Elmer did something and he preached on something that wasn't really popular but he did it anyway and that is He preached on the grace of God. And he preached on the grace of God in a time and in an era and an age where, as the family says, he probably got in a lot of trouble for even talking about it. But Elmer went there and he preached it. 
And you know why he preached it? Because it's biblical. And in a day and time when Elmer Elroy was preaching about grace, when a lot of controversy and a lot of people didn't understand it, I am so grateful that we had a preacher at that time and in that age that went there. Because people in the pew needed to hear it. And I'm so grateful today that we're able to raise up a generation that by the grace of God, we don't have to worry about that. We've tackled that issue. Shouldn't even have been an issue, but it was. We've tackled that issue, but the fact that God is a God of grace should never grow old in our hearts. And here it is at the beginning of the birth narrative of Jesus, and what God wanted Mary to understand is, I am showing you, and I am giving you, and I am bestowing upon you my grace. And when I give you that grace, in return, what does he want us to do as his children? To give that grace away to other people. As I often tell people, we've been given grace so we can be gracious to others. We haven't always been gracious toward others. But I pray that in our understanding, as Mary has taught us, that our understanding of God can get larger and larger every day. And it's all made possible because God chose Mary and said, you will be the mother of the Savior of the world. And her response needs to be our response. I am a servant of the Lord. Isn't it great to just be able to say you're just a servant of the Lord? What a mighty thing to say, but what an act of humility. May we be blessed this season because of a song like this. And as you gather with family this week, whether it's in a hospital room, or whether it's in your house, or wherever it may be, give God the glory and the praise that only He deserves. Let's bow for prayer. Father, we love You so much. Father, we thank You for the way that You bless us, for the blessings that You give to us each day. Father, we thank you for songs in Scripture like the one that we've looked at this morning. We thank you for the fact, Father, that you were at work in Mary's life in such a way that we just sit back and we just stand in awe of that. Father, may our understanding, as Mary has taught us in this song, may our understanding and may our love that we have for you grow and may it grow in big ways every day.
Father, thank you for the love and the grace and the mercy that you show to each one of us as your children. Thank you for walking with us. And thank you for Jesus, your Son and our Savior, for dwelling among us. What a difference it's made. We offer this prayer in the name of Jesus and all the church said. We're going to stand to sing a song of invitation right now. Keith's going to come to lead us. And while we're singing this song, I don't know what your response needs to be this morning. It may be that you're ready to put Christ on in baptism. It may be that you need prayers from this body of believers right here. It may just be that you and your heart as you leave this morning just need to be reminded that you truly are a servant of God. And don't ever forget that. Let's stand right now as we sing this song of praise.